Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we're broadcasting once again from the Fontenelle booth here at Husker Harvest Days today. Heather Ramsey joins us from the ARC group. Thank you very much to Joe, our sound man in the booth, for getting us all on the air. Let's look at what's happening, Heather, first and foremost. I think today being the middle of the week, ahead of a WASD report, I think that has got to be the number one question. What are your thoughts on WASD ahead of the report coming out tomorrow? Yeah, so... You know, WASD is always one of those fun things to talk about and debate because uh, it's a huge deal right now, the supply issue that we've got going on. Um, we're in a unique position position where we've got big supply coming in and we don't really have any clue what reality is on this crop. Um, so any changes to the upside on supply are not favorable right now. Now, this time of year, we do expect to see some lows. Uh, will the WASD bump us out of this low? I'm, you know, it's hard to say. Um, the market is telling you right now the last the last three to five days worth of trading it's telling you that they think supply like that carry out number is probably going to get bumped up a little bit um, on corn specifically uh, we've had some issues with ethanol demand obviously we've got some issues and um, you know livestock pricing is down therefore do we really want to feed more corn on cattle that maybe aren't making some money uh, you know so we're going to drop some of that demand um, for corn down a little bit is kind of what people are expecting now I will say this about WASD um, when you get a report, we trade it ahead of time, we react the day of, and then we trade the other side of it for two to three days after. So with that standpoint, what you know, I specifically look at, what our group looks at, is just trying to remain as neutral or you know, not adding any additional financial exposure or risk around these reports because they're so unpredictable right now. They don't typically give us what we want them to give us is kind of at least my past experience in the last you know five to ten years um, so we try not to get too hyped up on it at this point I think the farming community should be surprised by nothing with these WASD reports we're not going to see any changes most likely in any acres or anything like that um, this is strictly going to be what does our demand uh, look like for corn right now are we going to see some pressure, though, build up after we get through tomorrow's report and we look to October's report when we've got a little bit more concrete information coming off these combines? Yeah, you know what? The markets, um, kind of like the outside marketing analysts and, and um, the traders are kind of talking about is that we need to get into harvest and probably more like 60% through throughout throughout the Midwest. So take that in consideration. Nebraska generally harvests a little bit sooner, a little bit quicker in some parts in the rest of the country. So they're thinking if we can get 60% of our harvest complete, those will be some good baseline numbers that we can work off of. So at that point in time, you look at where we're at in the year and how far behind we are in a lot of different areas. It could be end of October, middle of November before we really have enough uh, real world or real time data from a yield standpoint to look at what does this crop look at. Um, if you go back to some of our wetter years in recent history, you know, it's been November, December before we've seen enough information come on that the market can actually trade and realign with where the crop is, is actually at. And that's going to make it interesting for, you know, folks who are trying to market this new crop, wondering where they should go. Do we hold the crop? Do we wait? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so what's funny about this time of year is it's a low time of year, right? That's what we expect. The thing that you get during these lower prices, though, is great carry and great basis, especially where we've got um, a delayed crop coming on. We're seeing some great basis values and great carry opportunities. So if you're a guy that has to move stuff at harvest, you know, we've got some awesome basis values in corn to take advantage of. Not just at the processor this year, we're seeing that trickle into the elevators, especially those that are on like a rail line. So, and that's 
that's really nationwide. You know, that's not just Nebraska. That is anywhere that has the corn processing capability or shuttle shipping capability. We're seeing corn premium put back into that basis value right now. The other thing about it is that carry, like I mentioned, between the December and the March board, we're trading back up in that 13 and a half cent mark. So if you've got hedges on and you're going to put stuff in a bin, this is the time right now to be taking advantage of that carry and bumping your prices. You know, roll it out, enhance your price by that 13 cents in that roll. You know, it's 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 a great way to cover the cost of what you're putting in the bin and then let basis continue to appreciate for you through this, you know, unknown of where the supply is. And I, I think that will continue to happen, especially as we have a late crop and if we have a potentially wet crop. Um, we'll continue to see basis stay strong. Uh, it's a great opportunity right now to do those little things, and those little things, doing them well, is what really differentiates your marketing plan from maybe what the next guy who's who's not taking advantage of any of that stuff. So those are great things to look at. You know, we talked earlier this morning when we were sitting over at the KRVN booth that um, you look at the basis. You talked about it dealing with producers in Illinois, for example. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's on a rail line, anybody that's along the Mississippi River, we're seeing those strong bases. Is that going to continue? post-harvest? You know, that answer is a little bit more complicated. If you're sitting in an area that does have big issues with the crop, then yes, you know, that's a no-brainer. Your basis is going to continue to improve. There's going to be need to get corn there. Um, In our neck of the woods over here in more of the western side of the Midwest, our pipeline is going to have to shift. And, you know, normally we send grain south either to the port or to Mexico or ship it west to California, you know. Um, so the pipeline's going to have to shift. We're going to have to start seeing premiums that force us to send corn somewhere and then move it east. That's not a typical um, route that grain in the western part of the Midwest takes. But if there's enough premium, grain will move anywhere. So um, I, I think we could see that happen until we get that pipeline kind of refilled. Uh, that, that could take a couple months. I don't think it lasts forever. Uh, but it's definitely something that we need to be able to take advantage of and do it quickly. And I've heard, too, that pipeline movement, because of all the trade discussions that continue with China, there's not as much moving westward as we're used to. Right, right. Yeah, it's been a little bit more reliant on the, the feed market out west, um, less reliant on exports. Same thing to the Gulf. It's really more of a, that's kind of our standard mode, but... Things will change. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up with the Fontenelle Final Bell. We are in the Fontenelle booth here at Husker Harvest Days. I know there's a crowd. They might have some questions. So during the commercial break, we're going to get some of those questions so we can ask you in part two. More is coming up. Heather Ramsey joining us today from the ARC Group. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back now to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are at Husker Harvest Days, and we are broadcasting from the Fontenelle booth, and Heather Ramsey joins us from the ARC Group. We had the opportunity during the uh, commercial break to ask some questions of the audience, and the first one was, well, what did the markets do today? I think these guys, I mean, they're <laughs> they're so stuck to their phone. They're so stuck to what's going to happen in the trends, but they get busy at a farm show, and maybe they've literally taken a vacation from the farm. Well, I, I do wish sometimes I could take a vacation from the market, Susan. I'll tell you that. Um, today, we gave back a little bit of the premium we earned yesterday. So I believe uh, corn and beans both somewhere down between a penny to down three and a half, four cents, somewhere in that neighborhood. Didn't get back everything we gained yesterday, but 
just, you know, no news is not good news this time of year and in this situation in the marketing environment we've been in. So we're seeing some premium come back out of the market here today. We'll come back to talk about that a little bit more. Another question from the audience is how much is the trade war having an effect on the markets versus is it oversupply? Oh, that's like a loaded one. That was a good question. Um, you know, there's kind of multiple answers to this, right? So it's really hard to pick and choose what exactly is trade war, what exactly is supply. It kind of all ends up coming together because with a trade war, it means we have less demand, which means our oversupply only gets worse, right? So we've got a, a huge problem with the trade, obviously. We need that to be fixed, especially if you look into the bean side of it. I mean, that's a no-brainer. A, a big loss in our beans is because of trade war issues, demand issues. Corn as well, as we're starting to see that effect. Um, and then the other thing is this trade war is having an impact on our economy. And so when we see the U.S. dollar continue to be strong because we're doing some isolationist kind of things, uh, that's really hurting buying power in the rest of the world, too. So then that brings down demand again, and then that creates even more of an oversupply problem. So it's this really intricate web that's kind of all combined together. If we fix one piece of that being demand, which is tied back to trade, that also fixes other pieces of it, which reduces supply, kind of corrects the dollar, that kind of thing. So uh, loaded question. It's hard to tell which piece is which. But it's definitely, those are two huge issues, right? And I encourage everyone I talk to to call your representative, call your senator, talk. I mean, we need USMCA to get passed. We need China deal to get figured out. Uh, those kinds of things, having those communications with the people in Washington will only help us get overcome this quicker. So keep keep calling them, keep keep telling them. And I think not to get political during the final, final bell, but it's a fact that the voice of these producers goes a lot farther than the voice of a journalist, the voice of somebody who does commodities on a daily for, basis. For sure. You know, I was recently in D.C. with an organization, and what I took away most from there is that these staffers who are in charge of what our representatives see, they may not know the plight of the Nebraska farmer. And so call them and talk to them. And they just want to know who they're helping represent and and who... Who's, who should be at the forefront of these causes that they should make sure that their senators and representatives know about? So I really took that as like a, a positive, like call them, get to know them. They want to know who we are. They want to be able to tell, you know, Senator Sass, Senator Fisher, Rep Representative Smith, all of them that like, hey, this is really, really important to your constituency. Let's go get something done. And they, they all want to make stuff um, better for Nebraska and Nebraska farmers. Earlier you made the comment about no news might not always be good news. <laughs> and we see that in instant, Mark Gold and I talked about this a little bit yesterday. We, we see a quick tweet and we see a market spike. Yep. The tweet gets lost in the tweet feed and the market goes down. That's right. Um, it's, we live in a social media world, right? So it's the topic of the hour or the minute in some cases that gets the most um, trade time. Every time the president tweets something or a uh, head of a, a national organization tweets something, that gets a little bit of uh, airtime in the markets. And then we move on to the next thing. And right now we don't have one single piece of information that's big enough to really put in a long-term movement for us. Maybe yields at harvest will do that for us for you know a six to nine month window. But again, it kind of all comes back around. We need a fundamental change in a, a several different pieces of our marketing environment and our, our marketing uh, input sectors 
to really get us to change and kind of change that marketing level plateau, I guess you'd say? Well, we do know that in many areas, the crop is still quite far behind. Um, yes. Normally at this time during Husker Harvest Days, we don't have as many uh, producers here because they're, <laughs> they're playing with the combines. And yeah. They're out there getting the stuff done and getting ready to go. But here there's been so much talk lately of early frost, early weather from, you know, Wisconsin westward. There's mm -hmm. a lot of concerns out there. How much do you see that? Is the frost even at this point much of a market factor? I definitely think in the last two weeks, forecasts have improved and changed, and that's where we've seen a lot of our premium come out of the market, is that weather premium going away. Um, the latest models I saw just today basically tell us that through the 25th, I believe, we're pretty much frost clear in all major growing parts of the country, so uh, that premium's pretty much gone away. I think at this point in time in the year, we're going to clear most of the crop, right? There, there are some outlier areas that could still be an issue, but every day it seems like our long-range forecast is improving. So that's come out. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Heather Ramsey's been joining us today on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Heather, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you and talk more? You know, just give me a call. Um, our My direct number is 402-484-7474, and I'm extension 125, the best extension, you know. Um, Email hramsey at agorist.net. Uh, I, I try not to tweet too much, but I am on Twitter. I'm the market mama, so. Come check it out. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks to Fontenelle and all the local Fontenelle dealers as well. It's a Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.